everlasting love. Amen. Hey, and if you, are, um, if you have um, kids and you want to join us in the park today, we're doing life together as families, 11 to 12 over at Bee Ridge Park. So come join us. Thank you, Carol. And don't start your watches yet. Let's like get through the scripture passage. All right. The scripture passage today comes from Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 8. And even if you don't normally do this, I would like to encourage you to open up a Bible today, either your own or the Pew Bible in front of you, as we hear this scripture passage. To everything turn, 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 there is a season turn, turn. is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O Lord, 
so that the words just sung and the words to come will point to you the word made flesh. Amen. So please forgive me if it feels like I have just disrespected the scriptures by having them sung by using a popular song written by Pete Seeger in 1959. I promise you, I am fairly old school when it comes to the Bible. Just the other day when I was sitting on my lanai with books spread all around my computer as I was preparing for this sermon, my sweet husband brought me a hot cup of coffee. And being the focused person that I am, I don't even look up at him, but I can see out of my peripheral vision that he's about to set the coffee down. And I screeched, not on the Bible! I used my most loving voice. (laughs) I don't really think that there is a loving voice in a screech. But to be fair, my husband was trying so hard not to um, interrupt me, but just sort of set it down nearby so that I could keep working. So the reason I wanted you to follow along in your Bible was so that you would see that this song that was recorded by the birds really follows the scripture passage fairly closely. Of course, Seeger added the refrain, turn, 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 which knits the whole passage together. And he flip-flopped a couple of words so that they would rhyme better. And then he kept every other phrase that's in the scripture passage except for two, keeping silence and speaking and keeping and casting away. And then he added that final line that gives us so much hope. I swear, it's not too late. Did you know that this was one of the first pop songs to be composed of Bible verses and the most ancient lyrics ever to top the Billboard charts? Chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, is perhaps the best-known passage in Ecclesiastes, the beloved list for which there is a proper time. The French composer Hector Berlioz once remarked, Time is a great teacher, Unfortunately, it kills all its pupils. (laughs) With the exception of the first item on the list, a time to be born and a time to die, which is clearly out of human hand, the rest of the items involve human choice. And this choice sets us up to wrestle with an existential problem. What time is it? Is it a time to keep silence or a time to speak? How do I make the wise choice with my limited time so that my life might have meaning, so that in the end of my time on earth, I might hear the Lord saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Making the wise choice. Well, let me give you a little example from my life. As many of you know, when I jog with my husky, I have a practice of picking up garbage. Not a big deal, it's just my one tiny act of creation care. Imagine my surprise last week when I bent down to grab a couple of loose tissues in the grass by the sidewalk. I discovered that my fellow traveler had not been an evil litter bug carelessly discarding tissues. Oh no, she was a good Samaritan who had carefully covered a large pile of dog doo-doo so no one would step in it. (laughs) She must not have imagined that someone like me would be trying to clean up garbage in the early morning with very little light. (laughs) 
a time to pick up and a time to leave it right where it is. <laughs> That's not actually in the Bible, but you get the point. A time for every purpose under heaven. The wisdom writer Kohelet reminds us of this theme throughout Ecclesiastes that all is vanity. The Hebrew word used some 38 times in this book is translated vanity, which literally means breath or vapor. And Kohelet uses it as a metaphor of the incomprehensibility and the unreliability of life. You see, the tricky aspect of the stewardship of time, as opposed to other aspects in our life, is that we never really know how much time we have. We don't have to have traveled too many times around the sun to experience how fragile and unpredictable life is. The Ecclesiastes writer sounds so pessimistic. All of life is fleeting and pointless. Yet, he also highlights the equally persistent counterpoint of joy. There's a tension. And perhaps in the gift of choice and limited time, we are able to cultivate and savor moments of pleasure and awe, purpose and fulfillment. Frederick Beekner, an ordained Presbyterian minister and the author of over 30 books, once wrote that with both the war and his 18th birthday bearing down on him, he had this sense that time was running out. And that's why he and his friends tried to fill it as full as they did with whatever came to hand. That's why, in the face of death, it was a time with so much life in it. Forgive me as I move again to one more pop cultural song for another set of lyrics, this time by the theologian Jim Croce. In 1970, upon learning the news that his wife was pregnant, he wrote the song, Time in a Bottle. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away, just to spend them with you but there never seems to be enough time to do the things we want to do once we find them. I've looked around enough to know that you're the one I want to go through time with. Well, my brother and his wife had this song sung at their wedding in 1979, so I know that it's a love song. Ah, uh, I've finally found the one I want to go through time with. When I put on my pastor robe and I use some creative pondering, I wonder if this song could be talking about God. It sounds so nice and Christian-y to think, to save every day till eternity passes away, just to spend it with you, God. And for those of us who have been on a curvy path with our faith, we can honestly say that we've looked around enough to know that you, God, are the one I want to go through time with. And while all of this may be true, I think there is something deeply theological about the song actually being about spending time with you as in another human being. And that our focus, as it moves away from me, 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 or even me and my Jesus, we position ourselves to make the better choice with our time. These lyrics became even more poignant when we learned that Jim Croce was killed in a plane crash three years after he wrote that song. Life really is fragile and unpredictable. 
So what time is it? Is it a time to keep or a time to throw away? You've probably heard it said that our checkbooks are actually a theological document. What we give our money to communicates something about who we are and what we believe. But our time can be as much a treasure as our finances. Many people call time their most valuable resource. Have you ever thought of your calendar as a theological document? What do we give our time to? Do we intentionally make time for mind, body, spirit? Do we block time for exercise, for spiritual practices, for reading and learning? Do we make time for family and friends? Are we scheduling time to serve and care for others? Are we minding our margins? Do we leave space in our schedules for holy interruptions and for rest? We lump the concept of time all together, but the Bible uses two Greek words for time, and I think Pastor Steve mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember? Chronos is clock time, measured in minutes, hours, and days. Kairos is holy time, God's time, God's appointed season. It's a comfort to me that when the writers of Scripture acknowledge that not all chronos is kairos, they describe God's people engaged in the mundane parts of life, eating, working, traveling, birthing, planting, dying, And while God is always with them, not all of it is kairos. Kairos is reserved for God's decisive action, the inbreaking of Christ that transforms our lives. Kairos can happen in the big moments and the turning points, but sometimes holiness sneaks up on us too. And I wonder... Can we be attentive to the moments of Kairos within our scheduled lives, trusting that God is always with us and that the essence of God never changes? There's a story about a couple celebrating their 20th wedding anniversary. They had gone out to dinner to a fancy restaurant, and afterward they were in the car driving home. The wife turned to her husband and said, "'What happened to us over the years?' Do you remember when we were courting? Do you remember when we were first married, how we would get into the car and snuggle up close to each other and drive somewhere just holding on to each other? And look now, look how far apart we're sitting. And the husband responded by pointing to the steering wheel and saying, I haven't moved. (laughs) God is like that. So what time is it? Is it a time to break down or a time to build up? What if every choice is made with the consideration of the other person? Now, I don't mean being in an abusive relationship or becoming a victim. I mean that God always shows up when we are choosing to spend our time with and for others in mind. In the book, The Five Secrets You Must Discover Before You Die, one of the secrets is to give more than you take. Each day, we have the power to give without limit. We can choose kindness. We can choose to serve, to love, to be generous, and to leave the world better in some way. 
Sooner or later, you're not going to take anything with you, but you can leave something behind. I'm not sure if you've noticed, we have a great deal of control over what we give, but almost none over what we get. Ironically, giving more than we take is not only good for others, but it also fills us up and it transforms us by changing our ordinary time into Kairos time. Rabbi Kushner tells the story of a woman who came into his office asking him to tell her why she should go on living. Now, she was in her late 50s, married, two grown sons. Everyone was healthy. There were no financial problems. She was certainly sad, but Kushner thought she sounded a little bored. He told her that in all of his years as a rabbi, he had dealt with a lot of people who were hurting, from infidelity to divorce, death of a child, death of a spouse, loss of a job, deteriorating health. In every case, he gave them one rule, and it almost always worked. The best way to feel better about yourself is to find someone to help. Kushner goes on to say, stick with life. Let more people into your life. Learn to care about them. Leave them grateful for having known you. And here's the good news. For all of us in this church, serving and caring for others is in our DNA. So if you happen to be new to this area and you don't know a lot of people, or maybe you're a little shy, or maybe a little insecure about what you have to offer, you have come to the right place. We have beautiful ministries that are so easy to plug into, and they're all about helping other people. From packing and handing out food in our food pantry, to tutoring a child in the campus center on Tuesdays and Thursdays, to knitting blankets and chemo caps, from becoming a shepherding deacon or a Wilkinson reading buddy, from becoming a confirmation mentor or a volunteer in children's or student ministry, or how about becoming a Stephen minister or a deacon who gets to deliver flowers and serve home communion, or how about mentoring and tutoring kids in Newtown? The list goes on and on just in this place about how we can spend our time loving others, giving more than we take. And please remember how our scripture passage started. For everything, there is a season. Do you remember that great gospel story where the four guys carried their friend on a mat to get him closer to Jesus? Sometimes, in some seasons, we are the one on the mat, and we have to be brave enough to let others help and to love us in a tangible way. Who knows, from the mat, we might be the gift that someone needs to receive. We might just change someone's ordinary moment into a Kairos moment. Life is fragile and unpredictable. There will never be enough time to do the things we want to do once we find them. There will always be books unread, words unspoken, plans unfulfilled, bucket lists unfinished. What time is it? Whether we're on the mat or carrying it, 
I believe with God's help, it's a time to give. I swear, it's not too late.